Hello and welcome to the Don't Judge Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Locklear. This is episode three, and episode three is entitled, I Like Beer. Now, I know that may make some people's heads explode. I told you I was going to be real. I was going to be truthful, and certainly, I like beer. I remember when Judge Kavanaugh said that in his congressional hearing when he was elected to the Supreme Court, I like beer, and I certainly do like beer. Why on earth would I do a podcast about I like beer? Why not just hide that fact? Well, I told you I'm going to be me and real and I ain't trying to hide anything. But the main reason is because I think that is probably the single biggest false doctrine that's pushed people away, especially in the South here in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Uh, That idea that if you have alcohol, then you're excluded from the church is so prevalent and it just has no basis and it's not scriptural. It's just a false doctrine. And I know everybody doesn't like beer. A lot of people don't have a taste for it. My dad let's just say drank a lot, but I'd never seen him with a beer. Never seen him drink a beer. He drank a lot, but he's in heaven now. I know he's in heaven because we had that conversation several times, and he's probably fishing in the Crystal River today. I try not to make this sound like preaching, but when I think about my dad in heaven fishing in the Crystal River, it kind of make you want to shout a little. But he never liked beer, so he didn't drink beer. I like beer. I have had that time when I acquired the taste for it. I want to tell you about my Nana. She was a sweetheart. Nana lived to be over 90. She had never drank in her life. Over 90 years old. I started to use an illustration of Nana on episode one. She was a sweetheart. Had the heart of Jesus. I mean, I can remember her being much older than people when she was taking them groceries. She was just the kind of person that helped other people and a wonderful person. But in episode one, during traditionalism, I started to use an illustration of her, but the episode was so long, I had to cut a lot of those examples out. Uh, But what I was going to say about her is she used to cook on Saturday in order to feed the family on Sunday. And if you'll think about that, she actually cooked on the Sabbath so as to not offend the Sabbath. Looking back, I think that's funny, but her heart was in the right place. And I've always said it's the condition of your heart that counts. She gets a pass on that because her fried chicken was off the chain. Really, really good. So we're going to give her a pass on the cooking on the Sabbath in order to not offend the Sabbath. But she was at a wedding one time. We had a wedding in our family where a Baptist married a Catholic. Now, fortunately, the Catholics were responsible for the reception, and that way it wasn't too boring. Now, these are two of the sweetest people, been married all this time, got some wonderful kids. Uh, I just love this family. Well, we were at their reception and my nana was there over 80 years old at the time and had never drank alcohol and i said let me fix you something to drink and i brought her a drink and she tried it and said greg you can put my part of that back in the horse her idea was 
it tasted like horse pee. So uh, I know she didn't have an acquired taste for it and she didn't like it. And a lot of people don't like it, but a lot of people do. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I do like beer. I hadn't had a beer in months. I hadn't had a beer uh, because of my medical condition and the problems that I've had in the last several months. And I've had some uh, more complications recently. And based on the research I do on these newer complications, I may never get to enjoy a beer again the rest of my life. I mean, that'll be fine, but I certainly do enjoy a good cold beer. But too much of anything is bad. I mean, you can have too much beer. Absolutely. You can have too much of anything. A guy told me one time who I work with, and I really respect this guy. Uh, he said, it's not what goes in a man, it's what comes out of him. And I thought about that. You know, you can, you can get beyond control with a lot of things. I want to share something with you that will probably blow your mind a little bit. Did you know that more people die every year from from type 2 diabetes than alcohol abuse. More people die every year from type 2 diabetes than alcohol abuse. I thought I might ought to say that twice so you would catch that. Now, too much of anything is bad, but certainly, let's just take sweet tea for example. I don't think a nutritionist worth his salt, and I taught nutrition for years, I don't think a nutritionist worth his salt would ever say that a beer is worse for you than a sweet tea. But here's what you'll never hear. You'll never hear a sermon on sweet tea. You'll never hear a sermon on sugar at all, even though more people die from that every year in our culture. So too much of anything's bad. I'll tell you another while we're on that glycemic index and talking about sugar and the effects of it. White bread is higher on the glycemic index than table sugar. It goes straight through the roof of your mouth, right into your blood as sugar. I mean, you can almost feel the effect of white bread. Are you saying, Greg, you're never going to have white bread? Of course not. I mean, when the tomatoes come in and they're fresh and you get that tomato sandwich with mayonnaise, salt, and pepper on some white bread, that's hard to beat. That's very, very good eating. And of course, I'm going to have that. But I know some folks that eat a whole loaf of wheat, the giant loaf. I mean, that's just over the top and it'll cause some problems. Just like uh, an overindulgence of alcohol or too many beer will cause a problem. Now, there are some people that are alcohol out of control. You just can't do it. I talked to a guy the other day. He said, look, if I had one beer in six months from now, I'd be at bottom. Well, you can't drink if that's the case. You have to know what you can and can't do. Some people can't control food. And so you have to be aware of that and you have to make those concessions. We all have something but if you enjoy a beer, I certainly don't want you pushed away from coming to know the love of Jesus because you enjoy a cold beer. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. So one of the things that I can't do and don't do and hadn't done it a handful of times in my entire life. Well, my entire life, I can't say that. When I was younger, I drank a little liquor, but liquor always made me 10 foot tall and bulletproof. You've heard that expression and made me want to fight. 
fight, but liquor didn't teach me how to fight good. So you ain't got to get your butt whooped too many times to lay the liquor down. So I knew that I couldn't do that, so I don't do it. I haven't made a practice of it and have not done it. I remember my first flight to Germany. I was, uh, it was my first international flight. We were headed to Germany and I was sitting beside a guy who was an officer and man, he was all decked out in his dress clothes and uh, he was sitting beside me. I'm a buck private, barely got a collar on. The stewardess come by and she asked if we wanted something to drink and the officer looked at me and said, soldier, let me buy you a drink. I looked at him all nervous like and said, sir, I'm not old enough to drink. He laughed. He said, we are 30,000 feet in the air and we're fixing to land in a country that don't care if you drink or not. And boy, was I in for a culture shock. I landed in Germany, and the first day I had CQ duty, charge of quarters. As they were processing me in, I was just sitting there. And while I was sitting there, the Germans were painting the barracks. And that morning, they stopped for break and had a beer. And they had beer at lunch. And they had beer at their sack at break. And the time they got off, they was feeling pretty good. I thought, wow, that's uh, not like America at all or the part that I grew up in. And then... They had beer machines there where anybody of any age who could work a machine like a Coke machine, except it was a beer machine, could get their beer out. And they had people that went around to every house and they took their empty racks and put full racks of beer so they could have that there at home for the week. And it was just such a culture shock for me. I spent a couple years there before I had orders to leave. And then the war started. The first Gulf War where uh, Bush bombed Iraq in Desert Storm. And the first thing they did, did was take everybody in the region and froze us, so we had to spend an extra year. So that gave me three years in Europe. So for my third year in Germany during war, my sacrifice for all of you folks was I had an extra year of drinking German beer and chasing Fraulein. So that was my sacrifice I made for freedom during the war, and I gladly did it for all you wonderful people. During that time, I got to where I love beer, I like beer, and I pretty much drank beer for most of my life. I've took some seasons off, and like I said, I might not be able to do it again, but, you know, I've drank too much on occasion, I've ate too much on occasion, but for the most part, after work, I would drink me a couple beers after work, maybe work around the house, do a few things maybe cook supper, but when the time I sat down for supper, then I wouldn't drink anymore. Just would feel full and not have anything else to drink. But a lot of people today take antidepressants, nerve medicine, anxiety medicine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If if you and your doctors work that out and it's the right thing for you to keep from feeling a certain way and it helps you get through this fast-paced world we live in, I understand it, and the advancements in medicine is good. But for me, my antidepressant and nerve medicine, anxiety medicine was a good cold beer, and I enjoyed that. 
And so I feel like there's nothing wrong with it as long as you don't overindulge and drink too much. And if you overindulge and drink too much, then you know that and you got a problem and you need to rein that in. But as long as you're in control of you, then I feel like that you don't have a problem. I also truly believe that that's what the Bible teaches. Just don't drink too much. Don't overindulge and you're fine. Tell you, I was in Dry County. You folks from up north, it's going to seem strange to you, but there's still dry counties around in the south. My grandfather and I went, got a case of beer one time, and it was in the back of the truck, and I was driving, and I kind of eased through a stop sign and on some old back country roads, and a policeman saw me and pulled me over. He come up to the truck and he mentioned the stop sign, but he said, we got a much bigger problem. He said, I see a case of beer in the back of your truck. And this is a dry county and you're going to go to jail today. Well, my grandfather spoke up and he said, that's mine. And he said, well, you're going to go to jail today. Well, my grandfather said, okay, but I only live a couple miles down the road in a cabin. And if you'll follow us down there, I'll get my medicine for tonight. And then you can, I'll ride to jail with you. And the police said, okay. So they came and followed us to the cabin. And when they got out behind us, the uh, officer said, sir, I'm not going to take you to jail, but please just hide your beer. Uh, he said, we've all got it in our refrigerator at home, but we can't just display it out publicly. And I mean, ever since then, I'm just not one to hide. I would got a whole lot less whoopings in life if I was a better hider. And I'd be more respected and loved by the modern day church if I hid everything I did. But I'm just not one of those. I'm an open book and that's just how I roll and always have been. But this police officer said, hey, just hide it. And this was a dry county at the time. Since then, they have passed where they can have alcohol sales and uh, most all of the municipalities. I remember when they had this on the ballot for everybody to vote on. All the churches come together to fight the alcohol sales. The biggest ones who were fighting the sale of alcohol were the people who sold alcohol around the edge of the county because they had a pretty good business going, getting all that business because everybody in the county that wanted it had it. They just had to either drive out of county or go see a local bootlegger. But the churches rented these billboards. And on the billboard, they had scripture that says, don't drink alcohol, something to that effect. But when you looked up the verse and the actual verse that they were referencing, it didn't say just don't drink alcohol. It said don't drink much alcohol. But they took the much out to make their point. And I've always thought, wow, what a bad trick to take a word out so that you can drive your point home. That's just not right, but that's how serious it is. That's how the the people that are indoctrinated into this idea, how serious they are about it, when there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I know a lot of people that are in church and they love to drink a cold beer with their dinner. You know, if you're having hot wings or pizza or Mexican food, I mean, what goes better with that 
than a cold beer. But they're at the restaurant and they're afraid to drink a beer because they're afraid somebody from their Sunday school class or somebody from their church is going to see them and then, oh, the gospel will be on and they'll be talking about what a bad person they are. And this is just a ridiculous idea because if you have Mexican food, you ought to drink a beer with it and enjoy it and it'll certainly be good if you do. Now, Greg, what about the Bible? Well, I'm going to tell you this. Jesus was at a party one time. Wait a minute. He went to a party? Surely they didn't serve alcohol. Yes, they did. They served alcohol at this party, and he was there. And at this party where they served alcohol, it was a wedding, and... What they would typically do is the old bait and switch, you know, give them the good wine and then at the end, give them the cheap wine after they'd already had enough of it to feel pretty good, then they would give them the cheap stuff. Well, at this particular wedding party, they ran completely out and Jesus's mother was in a panic, like, oh no, what are we going to do? Well, Jesus had them fill up the pots full of water and this was his first miracle He turned water into wine at this party. And they said it was the best they ever had. Now, I would imagine that Jesus drank some of that. I mean, I can't imagine that he didn't participate in his own miracle there, but it doesn't say that in Scripture, but why not? I mean, there wouldn't be a problem with it. I'll tell you, there's a friend of mine that was preaching on this one time. And and I got to say this, that he's one of my favorite. He is, if I would have died in my accident earlier this year, he would have been asked to do my funeral. He is non-judgmental. He's a a first-class preacher, really good. I mean, he's the real deal. Sometimes you run into those that aren't the real deal, but I can say this guy's the real deal. However, he is in the system, and I understand that you kind of got to be in the system at some point to understand what I'm talking about. But he was preaching about this miracle of Jesus one time, this first miracle. And he said, and I quote, I don't think that the wine that Jesus made was fermented because it takes 14 days to ferment and become wine. And he had instantly made. And I just, I laugh when I heard that because... You know, you kind of got to defend the system. I get it. I understand it. But my thoughts were, okay, we've got a God that is so powerful. He can create a man out of the dust of the earth. He can take a rib from him and make a woman. He can split the Red Sea and cause the Israelites and Moses to walk across on dry land. He can call Lazarus back from the dead. He can make the lame walk and the blind see. But this dang 14-day fermentation process, they're still working on that in heaven. That's just too hard for them. No, (laughs) there's no way that God cannot and would not make wine that didn't have alcohol in it. Because if he did, it wouldn't be wine. It'd be grape juice. And you can test this theory because they said it was the best they ever had. All you got to do is find you a wino and give him some grape juice. And if he says it's the best he ever had, then maybe. But I'm going to tell you, that's not what he would say. He would certainly not be for that idea that the best he ever had didn't have any 
alcohol in it. So, I don't want you to feel like if you enjoy a beer or have a beer, that you can't be part of the kingdom, that you can't take care of that most important thing, that you can't simply believe by faith in Jesus, have the love of Jesus come into your heart, invite him in, and go to heaven. There's nothing to say that you can't enjoy a beer when you want to enjoy a beer. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, there'll be times when you'll feel like something's wrong because maybe you overindulge, like when you overindulge eating or when you overindulge with too many sweets. So just like everything, it has to be done with some moderation. But if you enjoy it, then enjoy it. There is no reason that it should keep you from accepting Jesus as your Savior and going to heaven, which that is the easiest thing you ever do, and it's the most important thing you ever do. And I understand, based on what we've been taught and how we've been raised, that this idea of it being such an impardonable sin is just hogwash. There's nothing to it, and you don't have to feel bad about it. And I said it in both episodes so far, and I'll say it again in this one, that if you come to know Jesus as your Savior, and you are on your way to heaven, now if you don't know how to do that, you just go back to episode one. At the end of episode one, I give it to you very plainly. I start from creation and go all the way through and tell you about Jesus and believing by faith in him and inviting him into your heart. If you do those things, I'll see you in heaven. That's what matters, not whether or not you enjoy a cold beer. And if you do that, let me know. You can email me at neverjudgepodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's neverjudgepodcast at gmail.com and I'll be glad to buy you a beer, high five you, hug your neck and congratulate you on the most important thing that you ever do. And you'll have the love of Jesus on the inside of you and your life will begin to change and you'll have a a, a better understanding and a better care for people. Everything just starts to get better. So we want to take that most important step. And email me if you got questions questions, email me if you got comments. If you enjoy beer, good. If you don't, good. I mean, there's a lot of things that some people like turnip greens. Some people don't like turnip greens. <laughs> you know, we got all of us got different taste buds and they some things you enjoy that other people won't enjoy. I think it's all fine to be personalized except if you drink cold coffee. Now, cold coffee may be over the line and that may be the impardonable sin. Now, you know I'm joking. Even you people that drink cold coffee, which I'll never understand, can go to hell. So let's make sure that no matter what you enjoy, that what you enjoy does it keep you away from heaven because the church has made a big deal about it. Uh, I hope that's the case. Reach out to me. Uh, hey, and help me. Maybe you got a friend. I know people that will not have anything to do with Jesus because the stereotype of what they heard about their beer drinking and they enjoy a cold beer. Share this with them. Share this with them so they'll know, hey, you don't have to not drink a cold beer the rest of your life. You can go to heaven. I know people's going to 
hate this because I admit it, but look, Jesus leave the 99 to go get the one. And if I got to leave the 99 and go get the one, that seems like the thing to do. So I'm not going to make a big deal out of anybody ever what you do. I want to make a big deal out of what Jesus did. So I hope you enjoyed episode three. I like beer. And uh, uh, you have a wonderful week and God bless you and look forward to dropping another episode next week, episode four. God bless.